I'm so excited um, about what God is doing in our church. And this is a particular word that I shared on Wednesday night. Uh, we always have a different message on Wednesday night. But on the, the sermon that I preached this last Wednesday, I felt like our whole church needed to hear it uh, because it's important. We're in the middle of a series, and the series that the Lord has put on my heart is called Family Forward. We're going to move forward as a family. If I, if I had a, a thing that I pray about the most, if I, if I have a thing that I believe is my personal calling, I'm not talking about like this corporate calling to be a pastor, but in that calling to be a pastor, what is the personal thing that God has uniquely gifted me to do? And I believe God has uniquely gifted me to help people get what God has for them. And the reason why I know this is because I spent my entire life trying to get what I thought God had for me. And I have been getting what God had for me by helping people get what God has for them. What, what, what makes me celebrate the most, what me and my wife talk about the most, is when someone in our world gets what God has for them through direct influence, encouragement, love of our family. It excites me so much. I don't want to have a church where people are just not getting what God has for them. And let me tell you something. This is a year, this next two or three years, you will get all that God has for you. You will be moving forward, but we will be moving forward as a family. The reason why this is so important is because the church was created for purpose, the purpose of God. This is not just, you don't go to church to find Jesus, although many of you have found Jesus in church. You can find Jesus anywhere, but God has created the church for his purpose. Jesus met me in the middle of an apartment building acting crazy with my ex-girlfriend with weed crumbs on the table. Jesus met me there, but I didn't find purpose until I started coming to church and figuring out what God's word said about me and what God's word said about his people and how did that all work together for his good. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now it is my lifelong mission that you would not be missing not 1% of what God says you're supposed to have. Not 1%. I won't be satisfied if you are at 99.5%, I'm going to keep preaching and I'm going to keep praying until you get the 0.5% that God has for you in this season of your life. Well, the reason why the sermon series is called Family Forward is because most of God's promises are corporate promises. There are very few things that God says that he wants to do that he wants to do exclusively for you. You know, we have this term, a personal relationship with God, and I believe it's important to have a personal relationship with God, but there is a personal relationship with God that I want you to have every single day, but there are very few personal promises. Matter of fact, if you are in this season right now of blessing and favor, I can tell you right now, the Lord will identify your exact people group, whether it's your family, whether it's the industry God has called you to. Right now, you are being a blessing to someone in your world, so much so that's why God keeps promoting you to give you more influence over people and over his kingdom and give you dominion in the places he's called you to. I'm telling you right now. God has called us to move forward as a family. I would argue that the greatest attack in the last 50 years of the enemy is the family. 
He's attacking the fathers. He's attacking the husbands. He's attacking the mothers. He's attacking the wives. He's attacking the children. The greatest move of the enemy has been in the family. And we keep wanting God to move in career. We keep wanting God to move in finances. We keep wanting God to move in other places. But what if God moved this year in the most powerful way in your family and in this church family? That's legacy. God moving in your family. And I want to encourage you to come to church as much as you can. I, I know, uh, you know, many of us are busy and I get it, but come to church as much as you can. You know, when we announce growth track, come to growth track. Don't make us do all the crazy fancy videos. We love making videos, but just if we say something just in this year, just show up, right? God's going to show out. You don't need to show out. God's going to show out. Just show up. You know how much God has done in my life because I showed up? This isn't even my message. Y'all getting me fired up, 9 a.m. Y'all getting me fired up. Okay, I'm going to jump into the Word because I'm getting fired up. If you have your Bibles or you have your Bible on your phone, turn to Isaiah 43. And if you see someone who doesn't have a Bible, judge them with your eyes right now. Just look at them. Just look at them and just make them feel judged. I'm just kidding. If you don't have your Bible, you're welcome here. If it's your first time, you're welcome. We love you so much. I'm Pastor Julian. Nice to meet you. All right. <laughs> Isaiah 43 says this in verse 1. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are Mine. Last week I talked about this message, uh, I talked about this message called Leap Year, make sure you check it out online, but one of the things we talked about was in Acts chapter 3, there was this powerful encounter with God and a man who was lame and limping got healed and he went into the house of God leaping. Then we talked about Genesis chapter 32 where Jacob had an encounter with God and he left that encounter of God with God limping. And we talked about this concept that you might be in a season where you're leaping and everything's going well for you or you might be in a season where you are limping, just because you feel like you are limping doesn't mean you haven't had an encounter with God. People have encountered with God and leave limping. People have encounters with God and leave leaping. And then we actually talked about how Jacob, whose name means deceiver and, and liar, his name in that moment was changed to Israel, which means wrestling with God in one, and it's just crazy what God wants to do. And so he went from Jacob to, to, to Israel in, a, in an encounter with God. And here in Isaiah 43, it says, but now this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. I, I want to stop there for a second because God created Jacob. Now, Jacob's name means liar. So God created the person that you don't want to be. God created the person right here in this room. God created the person that your family or your ex said was terrible, God wants you to know that he created you. I created you, Jacob. I, I formed you, Israel. This is important to know because if we're going to move forward, we cannot just be left with what God created and not allow him to form us. You see the difference? I created Jacob, but I formed Israel. 
The reason why Adam started off so perfect is because the Bible says God formed him in his hands out of dirt from the ground. It didn't say that God spoke to him and he listened. God formed him. One of the reasons why we're having so much problems with disobedience in the church is we're under the law, meaning we're trying to tell people this is what the Bible says, now do it. But that is not what God has called us to be. God wants you to be with him with such intimacy. It's as if he is forming you with his own hands, recreating you to be the person who would naturally listen to it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're moving as the prophet, you know, Beyonce said, to get in formation. He's <laughs> calling the church to formation. You come to church to be formed. You read the Bible to be formed. You pray to be formed. You worship to be transformed. Everything is about formation. Letting God form you into the person he has called you to be so you can move forward in what he has called you to do. Do you understand? See, we're praying to move forward without the forming. But he says here, I created you, Jacob. I formed you, Israel. Israel came when he let God do the work that God needed to do on him personally. And then it says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. That word redeemed means to get back what was lost. God paid a price to get you back. And because he paid what you owed, you got to receive this. Jesus paid what you owed, so you owe God nothing. Now, if you owe God nothing, you definitely don't owe people anything either. And you got you to gotta get this, because if, if you feel far from God, you feel like you owe God. And God says, no, I want your response to be love. You don't owe me, you love me. So if you feel far from God, you feel like you owe God. But you ever notice that when God brings you into a season of blessing, you don't feel like you owe God, but people feel like you owe them? You ever notice that? That people feel like you owe them? You get a check, man, that cousin come out the woodwork, don't he? I ain't seen you in years. And come, remember I was there for you, I prayed for you. That's gonna be me when some of y'all get blessed, by the way. <laughs> remember I was the one that laid hands on you at the end of that service at the 1 p.m. in 2011. But redeemed, when you've been redeemed, it means that you can be free to love God and your debt has been paid, and you don't owe him anything. And you can move forward because your debt is paid. You don't owe him, you don't owe people. It gives you the freedom to do everything by love. If you came with somebody you love, turn to him and say, I love you, but you don't owe me. Unless they actually owe you $5 and be like, well, you do owe me $5. You do owe me $5, but I'm talking about spiritually, you don't owe me nothing, I'm satisfied with you, but I want my money. <laughs> Redeemed is a powerful word, right? 
And the Bible says we try to move forward. We try to tell people about Jesus. This church is going to move forward in telling people about Jesus. But do you know the Bible says let the redeemed of the Lord say so? Not the saved, the redeemed. Not the people who heard the message or know the difference between right and wrong, but there's something about a redeemed person talking that creates a move of God. So it's like, let the redeemed, before you get to do it, you got to say it. Are you trying to do something you haven't even proclaimed? Move forward in your speech. Let the redeemed of God say, this is going to be my year. Let the redeemed of God say, this is the year I get my healing. Let the redeemed say something. Say something before you do something. As a church, we're going to say things before we do things. Never try to do something that your words are speaking the exact opposite. Let the redeemed say so. Do you know every time you say something in the spirit, you are moving forward? Every single time you say what the Lord wants you to say, you move forward in your faith, you move forward in your calling, you move forward in your purpose. God says, I redeemed you. And in the book of Hosea, God gives us an example of the type of person he's willing to redeem. Hosea was a prophet, and he married a woman who left him to, to get involved with other men in prostitution. Left him. And I'm not talking about she was sex trafficked. That is a terrible thing. Those women are, are victims. I'm talking about she, like, left him to do her thing with other men and to join in prostitution. Can you imagine? And the Bible says that God said this to Hosea. In, in, verse, in Hosea 3, verse 1, then the Lord said to me, go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. So I bought her back. I redeemed her. I paid the price. So Hosea bought his wife back for 15 pieces of silver and five bushels of barley and a measure of wine. Then I said to her, you must live in my house for many days and stop your prostitution. Can you imagine Hosea, the husband, looking for his wife, asking people, have you seen my wife? And they say, yep, I've seen her all right. <laughs> and then has to take his own money and pay the price for something he didn't do. The Bible gives this as a picture of what God is willing to do to redeem you and I. That's why when you get redeemed, you gotta say something. You gotta tell people, look at the lengths that God is willing to go to get to me. Look at the lengths God is willing to go to get to, to me. This is like the foundation of moving forward in our faith to understanding what God has done for us. And then in verse 2 of Isaiah 43, God says this, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. You notice that God is telling them when you move forward through pain, pain was never created to keep you stuck. See, just because everything's going okay doesn't mean, you know, that that's the only way you can move forward. Some of y'all are moving forward through the fire. 
Some of y'all are moving forward through the river. Some of you guys are moving forward through the worst season of your life, but you're moving forward. It says when you walk through the fire, not if, when. It's the craziest question. If God is real, then why do bad things happen to good people? The Bible doesn't say that. It says when you walk through the fire, I will be with you. When you walk through the rivers, I will be with you. Not if, when I will be with you. God is with you right now as you move forward through the most difficult season of your life. And let me tell you something, sometimes when God is blessing you and things are going well, that feels like fire too. Do not feel guilty that your blessing and the thing that you prayed for is feeling like fire. You getting married, you've been praying for your husband for 20 years and then it start feeling like fire. You've been praying for that relationship for 10 years, and you get it, and it feels like fire. You pray for the job, God, please give me this job, and then it feels like you're walking through fire. You book the audition, and the set feels like a fire, and you start saying, what's going, is there something wrong with me? No, 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 no. When you walk through that, I will be with you. So there's nothing wrong with you unless you don't have the right person with you in the middle of that fire you're walking through. Move forward through the fire knowing that God is with you. And then it says, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze for I am the Lord. It's not about who you are. I get it when we're trying to encourage people and we tell them that they're enough, but the Bible doesn't say that in this passage of scripture. It didn't say don't worry because you're enough. It says, when you walk through the fire, you might feel like you're, the, you're not enough, but I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. It's not about what you are, it's about who He is. That's what gives you the ability to walk through it, who He is. It says, I give Egypt for your, your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. You gotta be careful with that passage. It doesn't mean what you think it means. Cush is a city. He's not trying to say he's gonna give you a little something, something to calm your nerves. If you don't know what that is, look it up later. It's, it's true. It says, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you. He's talking about their enemies nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar. We're moving forward as a family. Bring my daughters from the end of the earth. No, it's not about you. Where are my sons? Where are my daughters? I am calling people together, and we are moving forward. Notice before he says he's going to move them forward, he says we're going to be together. We're going to do this together. We're going to move forward. Maybe you might be feeling stuck in this season of your life, not because something's missing, but because someone's missing. That there is someone that God is called to walk with you because they are going to be blessed along with you in this season, and they might be sitting next to you. 
And he says, I'm calling my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, who I formed and made. And then it says, lead out those who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. Lead out those who have eyes but are blind. You know, the Bible says that we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Lead out those who have eyes but are blind. I want to just give example. I saw this movie, a little piece of it on Netflix. So there's this movie on Netflix called Bird Box. And I watched a good portion of it. Seems pretty demonic to me, but whatever floats your boat. But the premise of the movie is that they need to stay blindfolded so that they don't see these evil, bad things that will tell them to harm themselves and kill themselves. So they need to stay blindfolded so that they don't see these evil spirits. By the way, the Bible would teach us that if you were in this situation, you can take your blindfold off and send them back to hell where they came from. But that's not my message. Let me put my blindfold back on. That's not my message. I rebuke you. Not my message, not my message. Rebuking demons is not my message. So they're moving around and, and they can't see the bad things and that's what protects them. But I would go as far to say that if God's called you to walk by faith, it might be the good thing that you see that might stray you away from God's perfect will for your life. So the Bible would teach us that this is not a problem. Because it doesn't say that he's going to heal their eyesight. It says that he will guide the blind. Now the issue that I have most with this movie is that if I'm blind and I can't see, I don't need a bird in a box. I got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me and I don't even need God to restore my eyesight. I just need to be led by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you're led by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can put some flour and seasoning salt on them birds and have it from fried chicken. We're supposed to walk that way. That's not a horror movie. It's Christianity. We walk by faith. If you have a blindfold, put it on so that you can believe. You ever heard that term, I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it? That is not Christianity. Christianity is because I believe it, I'll see it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. No, I see it right now. I see it right now. I believe it right now, so I'm going to see this thing in my life. If you have a blindfold, put it on, especially spiritually, because let me tell you something. The worst thing God could ever do to you is to give you what your eyes see. You know, the Bible says in Romans, he left them to themselves. He let them get what they wanted. You want that? Fine. In the Old Testament, you want a king? Fine. 
One of the worst things God could ever do to you is to answer a prayer that's the wrong prayer. That's completely based off of your eyesight and what you see. When the Bible has called you to walk by faith, you want to move forward, you move forward with faith. And faith is so powerful that God says you only need faith the size of a mustard seed. And you can uproot a tree out of the ground. Do you understand? It says if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this tree. You can, you can say. And I want to encourage you. This is the number one way I've had to move forward. There's a critical spirit breaking out in the church where we criticize ourselves. We, we criticize people. No one's good enough. I'm not good enough, and, and we got to get rid of that spirit right now because God has called us to move forward and walk by faith. He says he'll lead out those who have eyes but are blind. He's not going to restore their sight, but he's not at this time. He's going to lead them. And it says all the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Which of their gods foretold this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring in their witnesses to prove they were right so that others may hear and say it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. You are to be witnesses to what God could do with a person's life if he, would, he or she would just yield to him. You're to be witnesses. But to be witnesses to God, we have to jump out of the witness protection program. Or I'll tell people about you, God, as long as you protect me from everything. No, no, no. He says you are my witnesses so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I, and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, when I move, who can reverse it? Not your boss, not your enemies. When I act, who can reverse it? When God says it's time to move forward, there is not a single thing that someone can do to you to shut that down. It says, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down its fugitives, all the Babylonians. These were the people who had held them captive in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your king. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the army and reinforcements together. He's talking about when he parted the Red Sea and Egypt and, and the soldiers and Pharaoh died trying to pursue God's people. You notice that God's people were moving forward and they moved forward across the Red Sea and then the waters closed over what was pursuing them. If they had waited and not moved forward, the death, see some of you are trying to turn around and fight what's pursuing you. You're trying to fight your spirit of fear. But if you would just move forward and let the waters close over that thing you've been dealing with for 10 years, don't worry about how many websites you visited that you didn't want to visit. Let the waters close over that website. You need to move forward. God says at the beginning, why are you crying out to me? Get up and move. 
Do you know Moses and the people were praying and crying out to God and the Lord literally said, why are you doing that? Get up and move. And when they moved, and when they moved, the Bible says the Red Sea parted and they moved and walked across dry land. The land was dry. You know, they were walking through mud that had to move a little slower. They're walking through mud. There might be some footsteps where the enemy could tell which direction they went. But you know how you move forward out of those things that have been plaguing you for years? You get to a place with God that those things cannot follow you into. Because those things try to follow you. People say all the time, I just, my boyfriend, he's crazy and da 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 da, and I don't think he treats me right, but I don't know, should I be giving him more grace? I say, you move forward with all that God has for you, and if the waters close over him, don't be a lifeguard. <laughs> don't be a lifeguard. The problem with some of y'all, you putting the little white stuff on your nose. No! Don't you jump in that water. Put your wetsuit on, rescuing your ex all from the waters. You better let that water close. This is what he said. God is talking about one of the most powerful miracles in human history. One of the most powerful miracles in human history. And I want you to catch this. He says, I who did this more the most powerful thing. Now, I want to tell you, there are some people in this room that you are walking in the greatest season of miracles. This last two years has been nothing but God moving. Right? This has been a strong couple of years. And I want you to catch this because we are, we are talking about the greatest miracle God has. And I'm not, some of you it's finances, some of you it's spiritually, some of you it's, it's career, some of you it's in relationships. In some area of your life, I really believe God has done the most work. He's done a miracle. And look what God says in the very next sentence. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Do you know when I heard this verse, I always thought it meant to forget my past and the bad things? Forget my own mistakes? Forget my own failures? To forgive and forget? But it doesn't say to forget the mistakes. It says to forget the miracle. Don't hold on to what I did, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing something even better than what I did back then. Because sometimes when we get blessed, we clinch onto it and we think, no, this is it. I remember when I used to do this and I remember when I couldn't pay my, and I remember when I was lonely and I couldn't pay my bill. No, 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 God says, forget the miracle that I did in the past season. I'm doing a new thing. Can you perceive it? In the beginning of our faith, God asks us what we believe. But as we progress, he asks us what we perceive. I want you to catch this. He didn't say, I'm doing a new thing. Do you believe it? They were already believers. I'm doing a new thing. Can you perceive it? 
Can you see that I have more? Can you see that I'm not done? Can you see? And if you're going to see what I'm going to do, sometimes you got to forget the miracle and how I did it because I'm doing a new thing. I know your business was amazing 10 years ago, but forget that. I'm doing a new thing. I know this happened five years ago and this was the best season of your life and you saw people get raised from the dead, I, but forget that. I'm doing a new thing. Some of us need to let go of a miracle today. It was a miracle how you met your, your husband or your wife and it was a miracle. Now you might be in here and you're divorced and you're remembering the miracle and how you met some. Forget that, I'm doing a new thing. This scripture is about letting go of what God did so you can take hold of what he's about to do. Do you get what I'm saying? And then he says, do you not perceive it? It, it, it springs up, it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I want you to stand to your feet. Typically, in the Bible, everybody was in agriculture, everybody was a farmer, and they would believe God for rain. So much so, that many people started creating gods of rain and they would worship the god of, of, of rain. And they might go outside and they might lift their hands to the heavens and look to the heavens where the, their blessing came from. And Elijah did this one time and he said that there is a cloud. I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And he went and told someone it, it's getting to rain. And, and maybe the people in Isaiah 43 had heard of the story of Elijah praying for rain. Maybe they had heard of the miraculous times God brought rain and ended a drought. So maybe they were tempted to go outside and they were tempted to look at the sky and, and see, is, is that a cloud? Do, do I see rain coming? Is God getting ready to bless me? Because they were used to, to seeing it the way that God had always done it. When God delivered them and brought them blessing, it had the rain. So maybe they were looking to the clouds, but the scripture says it's springing up can you see it? it it literally means if you're looking up for the rain you're looking in the wrong direction this time the blessing is springing up from the dirt right where you're standing not where I am where you are I'm in the heavens and yes I know it's said in the psalm to look to the heavens where your help comes from. But in this particular verse, it's springing up from where you are. It's not coming from there. It's coming from where you are. It's coming from the dirt. Do you perceive it? It's coming from the very thing you're calling dirt. It's springing up. It's springing up. It is springing up. It is springing up. It is springing up. It is springing up. Out of the dirt, I'm bringing blessing. I don't know what in your life you're calling dirt right now. Maybe you're in here and you feel like dirt, but I wanna tell you something's springing up out of you right now. I don't know what job you work. I don't know what situation you're in. I don't know where you live, but I wanna encourage you. It is springing up right now, right out of the very thing you call dirt. The 
blessing of God is springing up. Can you perceive it, Oasis Church? I am doing a new thing. Somebody lift their hands to the heavens and give God praise.